Salam and welcome back to the Claritas Books podcast with me, your host, Ramona Ali. Now, many of us have heard of the renowned name of Imam al-Ghazali, the medieval philosopher regarded as perhaps the most influential thinker in the Muslim world. So where better to go to for some valuable advice on life, faith and self-evaluation? Dear Beloved Son is a neat handbook that compiles Ghazali's advice to one of his students, and we explore it today with the guidance of a world-leading expert, Professor Dr. Mustafa Abu Sway. Professor Abu Sway is the integral chair for the study of Imam al-Ghazali's work at the Holy Al-Aqsa Mosque and Al-Quds University in Jerusalem, and he opens a gateway for us to enter into Ghazali's life and to bring his 11th century wisdoms to our present time. Thank you, Professor Dr. Mustafa Abu Sway, for joining us from Jerusalem for our podcast today. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you very much for this uh, opportunity. Thanks to uh, Claritas. And uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to be able to speak about uh, uh, one of our greatest uh, Muslim scholars about Hujjat al-Islam, the proof of Islam, Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah. And uh, Professor, many Muslims will know and recognize the name Al-Ghazali, but they might not have a fuller picture of who he really was. So could you start by telling us you know, who was Al-Ghazali? You know, when was he born? Where did he come from? How is it that he earned the status of being called the proof of Islam, as you just mentioned? Imam Al-Ghazali came from a modest you know, family in uh, Tus Khurasan, this is if you think about uh, the uh, modern world, it, it would be northeastern part of Iran. And at the time, the whole Muslim world was uh, Sunni, so uh, this is uh, important to uh, remember. And uh, once uh, his father realized that he was dying, he entrusted him, entrusted our Imam. So uh, he was uh, very young uh, when he was entrusted and uh, his brother Ahmed to uh, a friend, a Sufi friend, in fact, and their father left very little uh, money. And soon uh, the money was, uh, you know, there was no more. And uh, the uh, that friend uh, of their father did not see a, an appropriate place for them more than the school. So he studied. And like all kids, once he was done with that level of, of scholarship in his uh, original, uh, in, in his town in Tours, he started traveling around for uh, for knowledge. In, in uh, one of his uh, early travels on his way back, he was traveling as part of a, a caravan, but there were highway robbers and they took all their belongings. Ghazali uh, kept following the thieves until their uh, head threatened him. And Imam Ghazali told him that uh, you took from me the knowledge that I traveled to uh, to uh, to seek. And the uh, robber, the thief, told him, uh, how could you claim that you traveled to attain knowledge when I was able to take it away from you? And Imam Ghazali, uh, I mean, literally, he took away the books. Uh, it seems that Allah subhanahu, subhanahu wa ta'ala put enough mercy in the heart of the thieves uh, to give Imam Ghazali back his books. And uh, he said that uh, this person, this thief, that he was uh, inspired to say these words. Imam Ghazali went back home with the books and he committed them to memory. So when we later on, if we read about Imam Ghazali, one of his students would say that he used to fill four copy books every night from his memory, his scholarship. So Imam Ghazali left behind at least some 70 works 
that have influenced the Muslim world and continue to influence uh, you know Muslim thinking. And within few years, he was translated into Latin, and he influenced very very important uh, people in the Western world, predominantly Europe at the time. He influenced uh, Thomas Aquinas, who uh, referred to Ghazali several times. He uh, influenced uh, Thomas Hobbes in in the in the Al-Munqid al-Dalal. He he said that he tended to every school of thought that existed in Baghdad and the Muslim world at the time, searching for the truth. He was trying to reach indubitable knowledge, and he uh, uh, explained that indubitable knowledge would be something like uh, uh, when you know that 10 is greater than 3. He wanted theology, theological knowledge, belief, certitude on that level. That's uh, an incredible nutshell that you've just given. Thank you so much. You know, I've I've read about a period of doubt that, that Imam al-Ghazali went through, that at the height of his success, and I believe this was in Baghdad, as you mentioned, that he withdrew from society and secluded himself for for two years or a number of years. Could you tell us why he did that? Imam al-Ghazali did not really uh, detach himself from worldly things that were not in his hands. So sometimes you don't have it. He had fame. He had a very prominent position. He had everything that probably anyone would wish for. And he left, he abandoned all of this. And uh, it's, a, it's a very, very strong, very uh, dramatic, let's say, uh, position. Not many people would be able to, to do this and to go into seclusion for about 11 years where you are tending to your heart away from all the things that uh, uh, you have been accustomed for. I think uh, it's inevitable that uh, people reach this stage of, uh, of uh, seeing things as they are. Because in uh, my beloved uh, son, Imam Ghazali, wants us not to be distracted by the things that we do, not to forget the purpose, why we have been created, which is really to to worship, to serve, uh, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And worshiping, you have the formal worshiping. You talk about the five daily prayers. You talk about uh, pilgrimage uh, to Mecca for those who are capable of doing so. You talk about uh, fasting Ramadan for, again, those who are capable. All the, the forms of worship, all the ibadat. But in addition to this, you can turn every act in your life into ibadah. Into worship. And uh, for Imam Ghazali, the systematic doubt, it was more really philosophical. He says that the answers are already there in Ihya ul but I would like to summarize for me these answers in a sense, in a nutshell. The revival of the religious sciences. And the Imam Ghazali would say something like, why, why would you basically, why would you be attached to that which is really tem- temporary compared to infinity. This life is very, very temporary. Infinity, you compare it to infinity, it's almost zero. It's not zero, but it's almost uh, zero. It's the, the idea of, of uh, abandoning. I mean, we, we still accumulate things almost as extensions of ourselves. Taller building, an extension of ourselves, a bigger car, shiny one, as an extension of ourselves. And he does address the idea of, of deeds. 
don't be bankrupt don't end this life with with you know as a bankrupt person the bankruptcy the real bankruptcy is if you uh if you uh, come on the day of judgment and your good deeds are not there when it came to writing dear beloved son the, the compilation of advice given to one of his uh, distinguished students uh, what stage of life was imam al-ghazali at was this towards the end of the 11 year period yeah it it was towards the end because uh because there's mention of books we pay attention to the, uh, to the revival of religious sciences. Uh, so it's a later stage. And when Al-Ghazali gives his advice, he begins every section with, you know, dear son, dear beloved son. It's, it's, there's a tenderness there. And, it, and, there's, and surely this is almost kind of an etiquette in, in, to us in giving our counsel to people. It's uh, thank you very much for paying attention to this, for uh, you know uh, highlighting this. It's uh, definitely uh, beautiful, uh, in as much as when you write a long letter, uh, if you simply address the person only at the very very beginning, then that personal touch would be lost. And uh, he uh, uh, he made sure, as you said, that uh, you have that. Uh, it does soften the the message. I care about you. I care about you. And it has been said that scholars are parents. Uh, So regardless of the age, I remember an uncle of the Prophet was asked, who is older, you or the Prophet? And he said, I was born before him, but he is, but in Arabic it makes more sense. Because the, uh, he he was uh, careful to say that yes, I was born before him, but he is greater than me because Akbar is older also in Arabic, but he meant it in in uh, in the uh, better sense. You know, uh, it doesn't make much difference that I was born right before him. Uh, he is still uh, on a higher you know position. He is our beloved Prophet sallallahu and our scholars, regardless of their age. Uh, we could be like 60, 70, and we can still learn from them when, you have, when they have graduated and they are 25 years old. And they, they, uh, you know, they assume that parental, let's say, care, if you will, scholarship is one, but the care is another. And uh, a scholar who does not have that heart, that uh, tenderness, uh, then he would be missing a lot. It's all about serving the community, about elevating about uh, especially during uh, um, troubled times like this pandemic for example when people need moral support psychological uh, uh, uplifting etc i think we we need the scholars to tend to our hearts and our psyches uh, as well thank you that's a really beautiful answer um do you think that the advice that we find in dear beloved son is uh, applicable and relevant to our modern world in our modern lives. Oh yes, Imam Ghazali, you know, because really he says that uh, the advice should come. He said, "Ma'din al-risala." Ma'din al-risala. It should come out from the message of the Prophet ﷺ, from the, that which was uh, revealed to him and that which was explained by the Prophet and uh, implemented in the life of the Prophet. And. Uh, um, an advice uh, would be definitely relevant as long as it reflects this 
And yes, of course, what did Imam al-Ghazali do? He simply wanted to reconcile spirituality with jurisprudence, with action, uh, with the deeds in a way that the action will not be devoid of spirituality. You don't want to have a mechanical, you know, uh, salah, prayer. You don't want to, to prostrate and it's lifeless. You don't want to be, you know, you are praying and your heart is still attached to the marketplace. This life is nothing but a U-turn. We started from paradise and we need to go back to paradise. And uh, if we hit the road in the wrong direction, it's the only road where a U-turn is permitted at any moment in your life. Under uh, the advice about Sharia, I find it really interesting that Al-Ghazali also says that not all of a student's questions can be answered in words. They can only be answered with experience. So Ghazali says very eloquently, um, it is known that the sweetness of the sweet and the bitterness of the bitter cannot be known except by tasting. So he's basically, what is he basically saying here? Like, you know, just get the experience and then you'll understand. One thing he says, uh, ultimately says, okay, I have taught you what I have taught you and I have written what I have written. And here we have extra advices, but enough is enough. Do not come back for other answers. Find the taste on your own. Do practice. That's it. No more theoretical answers from my side. And is there a reason that this this experiential point is under the Council on Sharia? Uh, the, the example that I give my students, at least in our part of the world, since I spent uh, three years in, uh, in Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur, and I experienced durian, uh, you know, uh, almost, I think it was the second day in the morning, uh, I saw from the hotel room people buying this fruit, um, and I said, it must be good. <laughs> so I bought a couple of them, went back to the hotel. I did not pay attention that there was a sign prohibiting bringing durian to the hotel. And, uh, you know, I could never basically think that some fruit will be prohibited. Yeah, I've seen, I remember the sign. I've been to Malaysia. There's a sign with the durian fruit with a red cross on it. So like, do not bring this into the hotel. <laughs> For, for the sake of the you know the listeners who do not know what this is, it smells very bad. You know, it's you know, but they call it the king of fruits, and it's so it's like it's just like honey and cream and garlic and onion all at the same time. And I tell my students, do you know how does it taste? After I explain all the things that I could possibly say, do you know how it tastes? No, they don't. So sometimes words are not enough. You have really to taste. And while we, our example here is very material, uh, you know, uh, uh, durian, a fruit, a real fruit, then how could basically the explanation of what, what goes on, the sweetness in the heart, that's even more difficult to explain, uh, of course. And it's an amazing thing about the role of language. Yeah, we can say so many things, but you have to taste it. You have to taste it. It's my... My message to to my to myself, I need to go back and taste things and just continue to taste things because the words are not enough to cover the aspect that we talk about. If you find sweetness in your heart because you are addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your prostration, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to us already. He spoke to you. Scholars have helped us throughout these centuries to uh, decipher. Um, but the, 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 the Quran and the Sunnah, they are straightforward. All that we need to do is simply have a different heart when we tend to these uh, these sources. Um, when it comes to this section on da'wah, it's the longest piece of advice. There's eight pieces of advice in there, and it's full of gems. And one of them that I found very relevant to today, um, and I can compare it to when people get trolled by angry um, anti-Muslim uh, trolls, when Ghazali says, if you're answering with eloquence and they only answer with increased malice, then basically just don't waste your time. And he mentions um, Isa, peace be upon him, saying... Well, he says, indeed, indeed, I did not fail in bringing the dead to life, but I failed in curing the stupid. <laughs> so does, does Ghazali now speak from experience? It, it does sum up, basically, uh, in, in, in da'wah, in education, uh, Ghazali would uh, remind us that uh, uh, it's something that was attributed to uh, uh, Isa, salam, Jesus Christ, peace upon him, uh, when he said, do, do not basically hang... Uh, uh, jewels basically uh, uh, on the necks of uh, uh, of pigs. I mean, they they have no business with with that. And what he meant by durar uh, or la'ale, he meant that the the these pigs will not benefit from the jewels. And the jewels in this case for us are the words. Do not basically hang the words. Um, you know, uh, it it's a waste of time if somebody does not have the capacity to uh, understand you. Anyone who acts in a stupid way, which is today, I am, I know everything. Uh, out of a sudden, you have this type of uh, of people who understand everything. Medicine, they understand. Engineering, they understand. Religion, they understand. It, it means that they have their own version of every single thing. They really do not know. They are not experts in any of these uh, of these fields. You cannot win against them. And it has been said that sometimes you just allow people to be wrong. With rationale, um, when Imam al-Ghazali talks about this, he says, do not ask me before the time is ripe. So do we, as students of, of knowledge or you know, people who are seekers, do we ask before we are ready to receive the answers? Sometimes the uh, your sheikh might know, the scholar might know something that you are not fully aware. Uh, sometimes you are uh, you are uh, um, impatient, and the stories uh, in this respect. Here we have a prophet, Musa alayhi salam, Sayyidina Musa, uh, was really sent to look for al Khidr. And with him was Yosha uh, bin uh, bin Nun. And Khidr was a uh, very very wise in the Quran as a very perhaps a prophet or a very wise man. Yes, uh, but uh, we know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave him access to knowledge. He taught him something. Uh, he taught al Khidr, that which he did not at that moment did not really uh, enable uh, that knowledge to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam. So, Sayyidina Musa salam, in, we have three stories in Surah Al-Kahf. And in all these stories, Sayyidina Musa salam, failed to see the wisdom behind the act because he didn't know. Second, he, Sayyidina Musa salam, in these three stories was impatient. 
because from the very very beginning he told them he told them I will I will have patience and the Khidr told him how could you be patient with some with something that uh, you do not know uh, so the disciple the student need to have that patience it doesn't mean that the uh, the the scholar or the the sheikh will act in a way that will uh, deprive the murid or the student of of knowledge but sometimes certain things they might know about our uh, it's not knowing the unknown the unseen it's knowing something it's just like today let's say in uh, in uh, psychoanalysis I'm, I'm not a big fan but sometimes it's very interesting to uh, not everything is correct but you know sometimes it's good to uh, to understand what how they reach certain uh, certain knowledge um, i have no problem with with science per se and we have very advanced knowledge about the uh, the person uh, and uh, uh, so they might say things about who you are based on what you say based on your behavior based on you know body language based on there are so many things slips of the tongue many things uh, so the the sheikh might know something and i know a story where when uh, the students were graduating and one of them in particular was not graduating the sheikh would, would tell him just stay with me a little bit more so this is a real case of someone who was not ripe so ultimately the the murid wanted a proof immediately that he was not ready so there was like a, a whitewashed wall behind the sheikh and the sheikh drew a very small dot black dot on the white wall and he asked the uh, the disciple, the student, what do you see? And that student saw exactly what, you know, his worldview uh, tells him to see. He told him, I see a, a, a black dot. And the sheikh told him, stay with me. You are still not ready. So he did not see the whole picture, which was white. And he could only see that small dot. That's really uh, um, uh, a narrow at a world view uh, he this person will not see the good things that people are doing and he will only point to mistakes shortcomings and this is really why people get divorced this is why we have uh, you know problems between parents and their children this is why we have sometimes even in the workplace if you uh, if you could only point to bad things shortcomings mistakes and what have you then we are missing the point. There would be like 1,001 good things. And out of a sudden, we'll just point to one thing in particular that went wrong. This is not fair. And we are definitely, we are not ready. We are not ripe. You know, what do all these pieces of advice reveal about Ghazali himself? Imam al-Ghazali was able to dig deep into human psyche to understand what goes on in our hearts. And sometimes I say, I wish that some of our students, you know, they don't have, the students don't have to be Muslims, but I would love if uh, at least some Muslims, Muslim students in the humanities, in, in the field of psychology, would, would study Imam al-Ghazali for this aspect, for his ability to study human psychology. Uh, this is uh, it shows a very strong 
personality very sincere inshallah we just simply judge by what we uh, what we know uh, very enlightened very spiritual uh, very tender uh, very uh, careful who he cares about us so much some people could simply go into seclusion and not tell us anything about what goes on in his heart or her heart when she says uh, I have definitely by God I have lied for if I were true to myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pigeons would not have cried before I cried I would cry before I would cry for my sins I would cry for the love that I'm depriving myself of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is love between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his, and his creation but you need to expose yourself to this love you need to cleanse the heart, the mirror of the heart as Imam Ghazali would use that image you need to cleanse the image, the, the mirror of the heart so that it could reflect reality as is so Imam Ghazali would like us to experience yes there are two types of tastes away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala life tastes bitter so Imam al-Ghazali by addressing this beloved son he's addressing every one of us it's almost like a, writing a, a will you know for uh, his children in the future and we are his children I'm simply I'm proud of this you know spiritual father Imam al-Ghazali rahmahullah rahimana ajma'in inshallah Imam al-Ghazali said, those who look for seashells will find seashells. Those who open them will find pearls. We hope you've enjoyed just some of al-Ghazali's pearls in the advice he gave in Dear Beloved Son. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I've been your host, Ramona Ali. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. And you can explore more works at www.claritasbooks.com.